over the last two weeks, we have been looking at the scripture uh, and the vision that it offers of the greatness of our God. And there's a bit of a mismatch, isn't there, between the God that we see on television, that we see maybe in the workplace, as opposed to the greatness and the wonder of our God. Because truly, we serve a God of great majesty and miracles and wonder. Amen? Amen. And we have come to worship Him today. Today we continue on, and this is our God, a God of, that shakes the mountain, a God who is wonder-working, a God of miracles. And I came across a passage from uh, C.S. Lewis, a quotation that said this, Do not attempt to water Christianity down. There must be no pretense that you may have it without the supernatural. The miraculous cannot be separated from the life of faith. This is the God that we serve. And over the last uh, two weeks, this is our third week, we've been working through some statements. And, uh, and i got to tell you, if we were all at the Panthers game this afternoon, you would scream yourself hoarse, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? So let's just give some of that energy to some of these great statements uh, about our God and about who we are in Him. Would you read them with me? Number one, God is who He says He is. God can do what He says He can do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is alive and active in me, and it ends with, I'm believing God. Amen and amen. And so today we look at that third statement. And may I offer to you today the, the, the idea that, although sometimes we may have a vision of God that is far too small, in the same way, I think we have a vision of who we are in Christ that is far too small. So let's begin to study God's Word today to see who He says we are in Him. We look today at Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 8. Please follow along on the screen behind me or in your copy of God's Word. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. Let us join our hearts together and pray to the one who is worthy. Holy and gracious Father, we have come into your house to worship you. We may have come out of habit, but Lord, we stop and we still our heart this very moment and ask that you would have your way in your church, in our lives. Open up our hearts and minds to receive your holy word and your Holy Spirit. And we pray today that this would be a transformational moment where we can be the people that you have predestined us to be. We love you, Lord. 
for what you have done. Be with us. We cannot do this without you. Speak first, last, and loudest in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. I was counting up the years just this morning and uh, a startling number. I graduated from college 36 years ago. My, that seems like a long time. 36 years ago, I got my degree in psychology, and uh, I love psychology. I love to study. And one of the very most interesting things that I came across during those four years was something called fugue, F-U-G-U-E, fugue. And fugue is an amazing thing. The closest thing that you might compare it to is someone having amnesia. But it's really even stranger, more bizarre than that. You see, someone, usually after a trauma, may go into what's known as a fugue and basically start a completely new life and a new identity. They have no memory of what was happening yesterday, and it can go on for weeks, months, or even years. Can develop a completely new name, a personality, uh, go to a completely different environment, fully functional, but with no memory of who they are. And as mysteriously as it begins, it can end just as quickly and mysteriously. They can return to their own life, and, and at that point, they rarely have any memory of who they were in the fugue. How strange is that? They have no recollection of who they truly are. It is as if they're going through life in a daze. They move among us. They look absolutely normal. But the truth is, they have forgotten who they are. And you know, church, I kind of wonder. The truth is, I don't wonder. I really believe that many Christians have forgotten who they truly are if they ever really knew in the first place. I wonder if we really believe. I, I knew a pastor once, in fact, the pastor that I followed in my last church, and, and he said something, you only believe what you're willing to do. You only believe what you're willing to do. Are you willing to believe and then act on that belief of who Jesus Christ, through his scripture, says that you are this morning? When we fall short of that, when we live our life in a fugue, in a daze, the results can be absolutely devastating. Many of us, I, I think one of the greatest uh, devastating effects of this can be that we live our life in guilt and in fear. And some of that's been passed down through the generations and some of it we've forged like a great chain ourselves. We feel unloved and so we chase after it in the worst possible places we don't feel accepted by others and we can't accept ourselves and we begin to question our own value which simply ends in horrendous decisions listen we put a good face on it on Sunday morning but sometimes when we're presented with passages like John 10 10 that says I have come to give you life and life what do you know the verse life abundantly so I just want to ask you, you don't raise your hand, please. Just keep this between you and you. If I was to ask you this morning, do you feel as though you are living a life of abundant, abundant living right now, would you be able to stand up, say, amen, I am living in the blessings of God, and I am living the abundant life? Could you say it? 
Or did your mind automatically begin to drift to all of the troubles, the trials, and the tribulations that you're going through? And my guess is that for most of us, it's the latter. That we immediately begin to think about all of the great struggles in our life. And so we're kind of stuck, aren't we? Because these words are from the precious mouth of Jesus Christ. He says he came to give you life abundant. And we look at our life and we see a mismatch. And perhaps the problem is that we have not truly embraced, not truly believed who that we are in Christ. Who does the Bible say we are? Would you go to the second slide? I like this slide very much. I made it myself. <laughs> it's based upon Ephesians 1 that says you are loved. You are blessed, you are adopted, accepted, redeemed, chosen, and forgiven. And, and you know what? Think about all of those incredible words that describe who you are. And that's just one passage from the Scripture. I put them on a star this week. Do you know why I put them on a star? You should know. Because the very first words that I said to you this morning were from Philippians 2.15. It says, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Do these things. Believe these things. Why? So that you might be a light I mean, you are designed to be the northern star for people around you. The Apostle Paul said what? Follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, watch me if you need an example. See, that's what we are to be. Once we believe who we are in Christ, we begin to walk in that. Then we can be a northern star. We can be a guide. We can be a light in the darkness for those around us. Are you being a light to someone? Is your life so, man, someone, it, it happens far too rare. I remember a few years ago, a young man came up to me and said, what's wrong with you? And I said, the list is considerable. He said, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? He said, you always seem to be in a good mood. What's wrong with you? Oh, what an opportunity that is, right? I'll tell you what's right with me. Because there are so many things that are wrong. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And he says, I am loved. I am redeemed. I am chosen. I am somebody in Jesus Christ. And so are you. And are you believing it so much that it's changing the way that your face looks this morning? Some of you, I can tell you right now. That's better. Because you are somebody in Christ. Abundant living. Ephesians 5.14, I love this. Listen, Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, sleeper, or awake you who are in a fugue, who are walking through a life in a daze, and arise from the dead, and what? And Christ will shine on you. Wake up. Christ came so that you might have life abundant. Wake up and know that God loves you, that you are someone special. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says, In him we have been chosen. Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
In Romans 8, 39, he says, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Right now, I just bet you money that someone is saying, yes, but. Right now, someone is saying, yes, but I also have all of these problems. Put your problems aside for just a moment and listen to who God says you are in his holy word. You are loved. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved you and you and you and you. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son. So that if you and you and you and all of you back world Baptists all the way back there. That if you believe in him you will not perish but you will have eternal life. The great majestic creator of all. He loves you. And my goodness, shouldn't that melt some of the hurt and chase away some of the ache? Shouldn't that change the way that we walk and talk and live? I was listening to Shonda Pierce. Do you all know her, Shonda? She's a, she's a pretty famous uh, uh, speaker and, 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 and woman speaker. And, and uh, she's just hilarious, just funny, funny woman. She was, I was listening to her, and she told a story about her uh, son. And her son came up to her, and he, and he said, he said, well, first he just kind of looked at her. Oh, am I like making her feel so uncomfortable? I love it. So, so he's just looking at her. And he got really close. And Shonda's thinking, what is wrong with my boy? And she's looking at him. And, and, and Shonda says, what are you doing? And he said, do you know what, Mama? I can see myself in your eyes. I can see myself in your eyes. And Shonda looked at him and he said, well, how do I look in your eyes? He looked again. He said, you know what? I look pretty good. <laughs> How do you think you look in your father's eyes? Oh, beloved. If you look at the cross of Christ and remember what he did for you, don't you realize that you look good in your father's eyes? That he loves you, that he accepts you, that he has gone to the greatest possible lengths so that you might be redeemed and that you might be saved. How do you look in your father's eyes? You look good. But how many people do you know, perhaps young women who, who didn't get what they needed from their daddy, and so they begin to chase after it in all of the wrong places. They don't feel accepted. They don't feel loved. And, and so they just move from one broken relationship to the next. What a disaster. And, and, and many times, you know, they'll, they'll have a child and, and they'll just pass down that same belief that, that, that you're not worthy, that no one loves you enough. And it just goes from generation to generation. And I would just say, looking at God's word, stop it. Your father loves you. Embrace his love. Abide his love. Accept it. How many men, they don't get what they needed, and so they find themselves addicted to the slavery of pornography. A cheap imitation, and based upon what the scriptures say, stop it. Quit settling for trash when you can have abundance. Quit settling for disgusting imitations when you can have love and intimacy. Your father loves you. You look good in his eyes. He finds joy in you and loves you so much that he has adopted you. 
Our secretary, Marva Lee, she told a story the other day. Don't need to tell her I'm talking about her. Let's just keep that between you and everybody on the radio. She was talking about how she uh, wasn't able to have kids, and, and so she adopted her sons. And you know what? I was adopted by my father. I didn't really understand it at the time, but I was adopted by my dad. Let me just ask you, you know, maybe some of you were adopted as well. How many adoptions are accidents? Not one, is there? Not one. Not one child showed up and said, oh, it's an accident. You adopted me. No. And the scriptures say that you're chosen, that you were adopted. It wasn't an accident. I've known people. I have known people. I have counseled with people who, who, who came in and said, you know, I, I, it, was, it was communicated to me that I was an accident. And it's really affected my life. It's affected my self-worth, you know. And oh, talk about the good news that I'm able to share with someone. You are no accident. You are the apple of your heavenly father's eye. He has a plan for you and it's good. And you not only have been adopted, but you've been adopted into a royal family. You are somebody in Christ. He, he, he desired you so much. In fact, it says that he redeemed you at the cross. I was going to talk to Johnny Whiteside today. I don't see Johnny today. You can tell him we were talking about him this morning. Johnny has a great little shop right down the street, and I was thinking about him as I was writing this week. What if I walked into Johnny's office and, and I said, Johnny, I got a problem. I mean, I, I got a serious problem. I'm just, I've, I've hit some financial problem, and I, and, I, and I just can't make it. I've tried to make things balance, and I just can't get there from here. And so I've brought in this morning this thing that's most precious to me in the whole world. It's been passed down from generation to generation. If there is the fire in the house, the two things I'm grabbing is Sandy, the dog, and this thing right here. That's three. But I'm going to bring it to you, and, and, and I, I, wish you'd, I wish you'd buy it. Johnny says, well, of course I will. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for that. And, and he said, I'll keep it for you so that you can come back and redeem. And I said, Johnny, there's no way that I can ever pay for it. I can't see how I could ever do it. About that time, someone comes up and taps on my shoulder and says, I'll pay for it. No, sir, that's all right. I can't allow you to do that. I'll pay for it. No, sir, you don't know what the cost is. I'll pay for it. No, sir, I'll never be able to redeem it on my own. I'll pay for it. Except the thing that was redeemed isn't a thing at all. It's you and me. That's what redeemed means, to, to pay for something of great value with something of even greater value. And that's who you are in Christ. And we remember the cost. First Peter says, you were not bought with silver or gold, but what? With the precious blood of the Lamb. The perfect blood of Jesus Christ. That's who you are. Do you begin to get it a little bit? Do you begin to believe? I'm just going to tell you one more time. Let go of the problems that you have and just listen for a moment to God's word. I tell you what, I've been struggling with some things over the last weeks and I've decided to believe who I am in Christ today. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. 
to believe what the Word of God says about you? Is that too much to ask? And not only is it the Word of God, but it's the good news of Jesus Christ who redeemed you and chose you. And you are free. You're free to love and to laugh and to dance. That's right, I said dance, you Baptists. And you're not trapped by sin. The prison door is wide open. And how foolish after you have been redeemed to still act like we are prisoners. I'm telling you, let go of that thing that you're struggling with. I just want to tell you, just ask you this morning, out of the last 100 things you were worried about, how many of them actually came to pass? How many? <laughs> Two. So you spent 98% of your worry time on things that will never happen because you know what? God is in control of your life. And he has promised he will never give you more than you can bear. So what if you just believed who you are in Christ and let go of some of those struggles that you're fighting with today? And if you're anything like me, how quickly we want to go to those things. But I, you don't know what problems I'd have. You don't know. I know how effective the blood of Jesus Christ is. And the word of God says that you are covered, redeemed, chosen, loved by God. And perhaps all of the, the gracious gifts that God has given us, man, he has chosen us. Do you, how, how many of you were like the star athlete in high school? David, you should raise your hand. I know you were a star athlete. He's a, yeah, okay, now we got a few, now we got a few. I never liked you guys. Because <laughs> I, I was not that guy, man. I remember I was at best average, you know. And I remember, oh, I distinctly remember, I was on the side of the basketball court doing this. Wonder if he'll choose me. Wonder if he'll choose me. Just hoping there wasn't an uneven group of people so you can get chosen, you know? Or I remember junior high, we call it middle school around here, it was junior high out in Colorado. Yeah, man, what a brutal time. Am I kidding you? Middle school, roughest time. I don't remember anything about middle school, anything I learned, other than I didn't feel like I was enough. I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't have the right haircut. I didn't have the right friends. I wasn't in the right group. I didn't have that. I wasn't on the right team. Talk about feeling inadequate. Here's the deal. If I'm never chosen for another team, all I know is this. I have been chosen by Jesus Christ. I have been redeemed and bought and paid for. And if I'm never chosen for anything else in this world, it is enough and that changes the way I walk and talk. It certainly should. Of all of the gracious benefits, I think the most precious is the one that we have the hardest time believing. And that's what Richard sang so beautifully about this morning. Verse 7 says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished. I love the word. He has lavished. Honest. Isn't that a good word? You can say it one time with me. Lavished. Talk about rich. This word trespasses is an uh, is uh, interesting word. In, in Greek, and I love to throw these out because you all think I'm smarter than I actually am. In Greek, the word is peripatema. Are you, are you impressed? Peripatema, there's actually kind of two kinds of sins that are identified in the Bible. One is kind of the oops sin. And the oops sin is when you get up in the middle of the night and you, you, you pow, you hit your toe 
on the, on the, the foot of the bed, and a word comes out of your mouth that is not exactly holy. Anybody, anybody can relate? Yeah, fibbers, all of you. And, um, and, and, and so you say, oh, forgive me, Lord, That's, that wasn't right. So it's kind of the oops sin, the accidental sin. Peripatema is a different kind of sin. Listen, this is kind of sad, but here's the truth of it. Peripatema means uh, I planned it, I got in the car, I went and did the sin, and all the way there and back I knew that it was against the will of God. That's the word. And the scripture said that past, present, and future, your trespasses are forgiven. Now, that doesn't mean we abuse it. In fact, the very opposite. Because we who have received such a great gift should act with such a sense of appreciation that we don't deliberately enter into those things. But just as Richard sang so beautifully, the moment that I ask for forgiveness, what sin? You see, that's hard for us to believe, isn't it? It's almost too good to be true, isn't it? And so that's the way we act. We don't believe. And so I I have worked with people over the years, and you know them, and you may be one of them. And have carried around sin for years and years and years. You say, preacher, you know, maybe your sins are forgiven, or, or Richard, his sins are forgiven. Bill, his sins, but you don't know what I've done. Could I just say, get over yourself. It was never God's intention that anyone should live in guilt for years and years and years. Guilt is simply the Holy Spirit saying, child, you're hurting yourself. Child, turn around. This is dangerous. It will only lead to your destruction. Child, come home. Yes, Lord. Forgive me. And then I just want you to remember Remember that beautiful voice you heard this morning. Remember the scripture. What sin? Let it go. And live in freedom. You know, we sing Amazing Grace, don't we? That's it. Now it's time for us to believe and to walk and live in what we say we believe. The scriptures say you weren't trapped. Scriptures say that your sins are as far as the east is from the west. God's desire for you is to live in abundance. You are children of the king. Your destination is freedom. How in the world, why would we settle for the less? You are loved and adopted. You are accepted and redeemed. You are precious in the Father's eyes. You are chosen and you are forgiven. And all of these things, I just love the word, All of these things, it says, are lavished upon you. But preacher, there's a hundred things that could go wrong tomorrow. I'm going to worry about those. I'm going to hold on to those. I'm going to make myself miserable, even though I don't have to. You don't have to. But you can live in freedom. And you know what? I am committed from this day forward to live in his freedom. How about you? Someone say amen. Amen. Precious.
What are the results? I, I just want to say one other thing before I get into the results. What, what, it, day, week one, what did we say? We said, God is greater than what the world has to say. Say amen. And God can do what he said he can do. Do you believe it? Say amen. I am who, oh. Well, that's a little bit harder, isn't it? I mean, we can get up here all day long and just praise God and, and just bless his name and just, he is an incredible God, and you'll say amen all day. Number three, I believe I am who God says I, I am. Oh, well, that's a little bit harder, isn't it? Here's the deal. It's a package deal. You can't say one and two, I'm going to believe that, but not believe three. It's a package deal. And again, why not? Because God has a beautiful and wondrous plan for you, and the cost was so high. What are the results? Security. How many of you, how many terrible decisions are made because of insecurity? Fairs, pornography, broken marriages, talking a certain way, dressing a certain way, pitiful decisions. And the scripture just cries out, hey, your father loves you. He takes joy in you. It pleased God to make you his own. Security we have in Christ. What are the results? Liberation from the prison of our sins. The scripture says, blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. What are the results of believing? Once we begin to see who we are in Christ Jesus, we can begin to live in joy and obedience and abundance and freedom. Our relationships will be richer with each other and with our Lord. And it'll change the way that we talk and, and walk. We should stand up a little straighter, live life. And, and you know what else I just dawns on me right now? That's such good news, we might just be tempted to share it with somebody. Maybe that's why we don't share it with anybody, because we're not acting like it's good news. But it is. And Christ, who paid such an incredible cost invites us to live in his joy, in his freedom, to dance, to enjoy the world that he's created for us. Man, I'm choosing that. I hope you will too. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious Father, how is it that we can even come? How is it that we can even pray to you who are so wondrous beyond our imagination? You have created all things you are perfect in your holiness. And we, Lord, we confess we are small and dented. And we need you so. And it is only through your love and your grace and through Jesus Christ that we can come. And so I pray an audacious prayer for my brothers and sisters and even for myself. That this day that we would begin to live in the abundance and the joy you intended for us. Push away our worries. Help us to respond at the crossroads of crisis in a way knowing that you have loved us and planned us and even the difficulties in our life are for our own benefit. Help us, Lord Jesus. Transform us in this moment to trust you and believe we are who you said we are in Christ Jesus. And we pray these things in his holy name, in the name of Jesus. 
Amen.